Ali Abdul, the most followed productivity expert in the world, podcaster, creator, studied at Cambridge, became a doctor, quit to become a YouTuber, and that has over 4 million subscribers. In today's conversation, we see a totally new side to Ali. We talk life, death, breathwork, and so much more. I'm Mike Mayer, I'm a breathwork coach and podcaster, and I just wanted to say, please stick around to the end of this episode, because I've popped in a free guided breathing exercise as my way of saying thank you to you. Breathe well, my friend, and enjoy the show. So welcome to Take a Deep Breath. Thank you. At the outdoor. Uh, it's a real pleasure. I've been thinking that what I'm going to interview this 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 guy on this productivity. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about breathing. You're the one who's teaching me about breathing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but the good thing about this this breathcast is we we kind of venture into other areas. And so I've had uh, people talk about civilization. I've had biohackers on there. Um, I've had all sorts of different kinds of topics, but all comes back to the thing, which is how can you live a really good life? That's my thing here. How can we live a good life? So if we, should we just get stuck straight into the deeps? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. What, how do you balance being an efficient guru with relaxation? How do you, how, are you efficiently relaxing? And the reason I asked that is I interviewed a guy a while ago. He was a, he was Russell Brand's breathwork coach, Alan Dolan. And uh, it really frustrated me because he said, I spend some time just gazing at clouds. I was like, I haven't got time for it. Like, that's the point. You don't make, there's no point to it. You just go and gaze at the clouds. It's been a year. So what I'm keen to know for you is how the hell can you, add relaxation to being such an efficient person and do you see it as a waste of time? Hmm. I don't think I'm a very efficient person. Okay. Like, I think, um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that the internet considers me a productivity guru. Mm. Most of my friends, like people who live with me or housemates and stuff, see that I'm actually a fairly, fairly lazy person a lot of the time. Um, sometimes they do see me quit working, like, at work, you know, back in the day when I was editing videos, editing video after work until like 11 p.m. Mm. But that was just because it was fun. And it, it to me it was genuinely relaxing just doing this creative like, activity of like editing a video trying to make it fun rather than I don't know watching TV or something. And so I don't know like I do spend a lot of time quite relaxing. For me, relaxing is like listening to audiobooks, reading. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I don't really play a lot of PlayStation except when I had COVID for about ten days, uh, where I was playing a lot of PlayStation. But I think just for me, I don't know. I don't I don't really have like a magic a magic bullet answer here, but. I mean, Jeff Bezos talks about this idea of like work-life integration rather than work-life balance. And so I, I kind of agree with him in that for me, it's not like I am working during the day and then I'm relaxing in the evening. It's more like the whole day is just a kind of, you know, uh, sort of, you know, flowing with the, with, the, with the wave, flowing with the water, seeing where life takes me. In the middle of the workday, you know, I'm here with the team. We'll grab a takeaway. We'll have a bit of a, rela- a relaxing sesh. We're not considering it relaxation and just kind of having a nice time with the team. Similarly, when I was working with the doctor, yeah, it's it's like frantic and stuff, but there are breaks in the middle of the day. You go for a costa with the boys, you hang out with the nurses for a bit, you just have a bit of a chit chat. And then, you know, on the walk home, listen to an audiobook and drive over to my mom's place, listen to an audiobook while doing that, listen to some music, play some piano, play some guitar. It's all kind of integrated. Mm. And so, yeah, I think it's a bit of a myth that, I mean, I'm, I'm also friends with a bunch of productivity guru YouTubers and they are, they are all also like this, where, you know, they don't seem that like, I think the impression is that it's, you're some kind of efficiency machine. Similarly, Tim Ferriss apparently often gets asked by a journalist, hey, can I spend a day with you to see a day in the life of Tim Ferriss because you're the productivity guy? He's like, it's not that interesting. I'm walking around my underwear, maybe doing a podcast, pottering around. 
Yeah. To be honest, I just, I just think I potter around. Hey everyone, just a quick one. Um, if you could take two seconds to rate this podcast, if you're on YouTube, you give it a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe and a share. If you're on the other beautiful platforms like Spotify and iTunes, if you could leave us a review, it takes a couple of swipes to the thumb, leave a little thing, share it with a friend, think about how you found this podcast, think about something that might benefit from the power of breathwork. Please share this because it helps the community grow. The more it grows, the more we get the wonderful guests. Okay, back to the podcast. Okay, that's interesting. When was the last time you did nothing? When was the last time I did nothing? Like, it spends time on introspection, I guess. So, so not hanging out with people or chilling. Because yeah. it's this thing, is that we have so much stimulus in our lives. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you spend time without that? Do you try and cut that off? Yeah, so sometimes when I'm walking, or sometimes when I'm driving, I will actively choose not to listen to an audiobook mm-hmm. or not to listen to music, just to sort of be alone with my thoughts. Sometimes, like uh, I think a couple of days ago, I was listening to an audiobook it made me think some stuff and then my mind was sort of wandering and I was stopping and focusing on the audiobook. I was like, okay, cool. This is a great chance to actually just not have the audiobook on and, and think. Um, sometimes if I feel like, you know, uh, if things are getting a bit overwhelming work-wise or things with the channel aren't going great, I'll just sit down for a day and then just like have Apple notes open and be like, all right, let's do some introspection, some journaling. Let's do the whole Tim Ferriss fear setting exercise. What am I really scared of? What's the worst that could happen? How can I mitigate against those risks? Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably don't spend a lot of time just like actively sitting there looking at the clouds. Yeah, yeah. Will you recommend it? I don't do it. I'm, I, I, I keep, yeah. I keep seeking from other people how to do it, yeah. and I choose not to. So introspection. That's I think why I was drawn so uh, quickly to breath work is it's like an active meditation as opposed to a passive one. Yeah, and so it's a way to kind of get into your mind to a degree, but but not as deep as listening to scenery still, just focusing on the, the kind of clouds go past in the mind. Um, but yeah, it's 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 my big thing for this year, for how can I relax? Because I feel like it's very type A, go, go, go. And actually, is that where your life to be? So that's my next question, Josh, is like, what, what does a good life look to you? Yeah, I'm thinking about this a lot. I think um, to me, like one where I can kind of be a good good dad, good husband and a good teacher are the three things that I think I broadly care about. I'm not a dad or husband yet. <laughs> and so really the thing I'm focusing now on at the moment is how can I how can I optimize being a good teacher? But at the same time, how can I kind of live a life whereby I enjoy each day on its own merit? Like if I, go, I get to the end of the day, I think I'm glad that this is how I spent my time rather than thinking of, I, I, rather than feeling that I have to do stuff for the sake of some kind of extrinsic reward, most more, more like doing stuff for its own sake because of the joy of doing it. So, for example, I sometimes think if I didn't need to make money, would I still continue this podcast? Hell yes. If I didn't need to make money, would I, would I still make YouTube videos? Would I still write a book? Yes. Would I still make courses? Probably not. That's probably the one thing I do where I do feel a sense of like this is a means to an end rather than that uh, I'd end it itself. Mm, interested. Okay. I, I always chose to push a bit on that. So you got no. three. Well, if there was a fourth, what would that be in terms of like a good life? So oh, probably good father. Try. Yeah, probably good friend. Yeah, good friend. Okay. Was once. Was nice. Um, I I also like thinking of it in in sort of like these five pillars of health, wealth, love, happiness, and impact. And I've I've done a few of these like uh, exercises where you know the wing of life, you know, mm-hmm. rating yourself in each of these different areas. Um, and I think like this list of five will probably change over time. But you know, when I think about New Year's resolutions and what I want my week to look like. And planning my calendar, I think, okay, health, let's make sure that the boxes are ticked. Wealth, I mean, I've got the business, that's taken care of. 
love sort of actively reading books about relationships and love and actively hosting dinner parties and mm. hanging out with friends and making the time for that, which I think otherwise it's too easy to go, go, go in work mode and just not make time to hang out with friends. And then happiness, I think, is uh, to an extent a choice. Uh, to an extent, I like to read a lot of stoicism type books. And I think if you ticked the boxes of health, wealth, and love, then happiness becomes a sort of, could people say happiness is a sort of side effect. And then impact, um, you know, I like the, 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 there's this movement called effective altruism, which is all about how can we use our money in the most cost effective ways to have an impact on the world. And so since stopping being a doctor where I had direct impact on individuals at like a small scale, I'm now thinking, okay, what are the things that I can do to actually have some kind of impact at a slightly larger scale? Um, but that is admittedly uh, sort of the lowest priority one for me because right now I'm still concerned with the selfish things of health, wealth, love, and happiness mm. and a little bit of impact, but I'm sure, I hope at some point it'll transition to, you know what, I am actually pretty healthy. I've got enough money. I don't need to worry about this anymore. Got the wife and kids. Let's now think about maximally about impact. Mm. That, would you also find that as a like contribution? How you say that as well, like community impact, or are you talking like impact um, more like virtually, or is it a bit of both? You think? Yeah, I think a bit of both. I think I see impact in a fairly like, for me personally, in fairly utilitarian sense, I guess, where it's like, um, you know, if you could donate three thousand dollars to the Against Malaria Foundation to save a life, mm. that is like a profound impact. Uh, because you literally saved life for three thousand dollars, and so we should do more of that kind of stuff. Uh, that's what I feel intellectually, uh, emotionally, and deep down, I do really like the kind of the feeling of doing good. So mm -hmm. I really, I really do enjoy teaching. And I think if my contribution to the world, as it were, could be to, I don't know, just, uh, I guess uh, have have the effect on people that Tim Ferriss had on me, where reading the Four Hour Work Week and sort of diving into Tim Ferriss' podcast and his content really sort of changed the trajectory of where my life was going in that it took me down this entrepreneurship route that has now ended up, you know, with me talking to you here. And if I could have that effect on people who are at the earlier stage of their journey where maybe their their life trajectory gets accelerated because they've seen some of my stuff and get inspired by it, that also feels like a pretty good impact. Yeah. If you love breathing as much as I do, then you probably already know that breath work is one of the fastest ways we can change our state. So we can induce feelings of concentration and focus. We can make ourselves relax. We can fall asleep. We can lower blood pressure, improve heart rate variability, improve lower back pain, and so many other things. But there's so much out there, right? There's so many contradictory methods. There's probably thousands of breathing techniques out there. There's hundreds of different people talking about breath work right now. It's getting really popular. And so it can be quite daunting to know where to start. Well, look, I've interviewed about 100 of the world's top experts now. I've got a whole podcast dedicated to it. So if you want to get stuck into those, absolutely can do. And you can learn like I've learned. Or for those of you out there that are thinking, do you know what? I just want to know the information that's bespoke to me right now, then I actually take on one-on-one -on -one clients. So I take on a very, very small amount of clients each month and I build a package that's just for you. So we start off by doing your breath assessments. I will run through about five different ways that I can measure your breath. So we'll get a really good view of your chemistry, of your mechanics, of your nervous system, your sleep, really build a beautiful picture about what's going on with you right now. Then we look at your goals. Where are you trying to get to? What is it you really would like? If I could wave a magic wand for you right now and you could get anything by using the breath, what would it be? 
And then we look at those two things and then I help you then get that by building your own bespoke breath coaching package. So it's very exclusive. It's only a couple of people. It's direct access one-on-one. Um, they book up fast. So if you'd like to have a complimentary breath consultation with me, see if you'd be a good fit, then click on the link below. There's a small questionnaire to complete and then we can jump on Zoom, have a chat. And if it's a good fit, then we can get stuck into your bespoke breath coaching plan. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, back on with the podcast. Oh, that, that book was, was huge on me. I remember listening to that while I was, I was actually working out in Cape Town. I remember driving in the car and just listening to this audio book. I was like, wow, if, if, ways, if half of what he's kind of claiming happened could happen, that's incredible. We you know supplement companies and, and that sort of thing. Um, okay, so can we talk a bit about the mouth taping? Because also talking breathcast, we're talking different breathing. And so what led you, what, what inspired you to have a cracker doing that? And, and what were the results kind of after? Good question. I think I came across the idea of mouth taping probably on, I think, uh, Dave Asprey's podcast or some, I can't remember exactly where I found the idea, but it seemed interesting. And I can immediately imagine the title and thumbnail of the video of like, I take my mouth for 30 days yeah. with like a, an easy an easy thumbnail there. And I did a bit of research into it and it seemed like, you know, at the time I, I was like, I'm definitely a mouth breather. I wake up in the middle of the night with a dry mouth, always need to drink some water. Breath smells really, really bad in the morning. Uh, ooh. Could taping my mouth be like a magic bullet here? Is there something I'm missing? And so I tried with that for like 30 days and I didn't notice any, um, I guess it, 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 it wasn't a complete magic pill in that I didn't suddenly wake up feeling like I'd taken the limitless pill or anything, mm. but it was a sense of, you know, I wasn't waking up with a dry mouth anymore. I sort of felt it a little bit more refreshed each morning. And since then, like, I've done a bit of digging into it. And it seems like the evidence is there that breathing through your nose is way better than breathing through your mouth. Mm-hmm. And the mouth tape is such a cheap and easy intervention that I now do those nights. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's something you've kind of sustained, isn't it, from what you're saying? It's like, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, st- I still haven't turned it into a proper, like, you know, on days where I, d- I don't have the right tape by my bedside mm-hmm. table, I just don't do it rather than being like, I should just have a stop of tape because it's a very easy thing to buy to keep on the bedside table. Yeah. Um, but there's, so there's still a little bit of like environmental friction that stops me from doing it. Yes. When I'm tired, I'm just like, screw it on, yeah. build it tomorrow instead. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do, I do want to take it more, more consistently and also just have a mouth tape in my wash bag at all times. Yeah. So if I'm traveling and I don't forget to carry it. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned uh, aspirate because I, when I first met you and we were, this was back in October, and I was like, where should we do my glasses? And you're like, I'm going to get the, the lens. I was like, this guy is somebody that's primed to be a biohacker. Surely, if everyone's going to become a, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like red light therapies and grounding in the morning and getting daylight on your eyes first thing. And all. Have, you, have you looked down that route much at all? A little bit. Yeah. So I started doing the daylight in the eyes thing after listening, like hearing it on the Huberman podcast, mm-hmm. um, which has actually, I think, made a difference to my sleep as well. Mm. Do that, got glasses, looked into it, evidence didn't seem to quite seem to be there. So I was like, screw it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I do like the whole like uh, candlelight in the bedroom at nighttime. Yes, first to not have overhead lights and uh, sort of the little things like that. But I do I do want to get into the biohacking thing. Yeah, and I've been this is one of those things that I've been meaning to do for a while, but it's never been quite urgent enough. You know, just like get a full set of bloods done, get like a full body MRI scan done, just in case, mm. and all these other things that these biohacking like bros do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it something that you've got into? It, 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 to, to a small degree, I'll, I'll send you a study on the blue white blockers. Okay. I, I saw some some decent stuff on that, but um, yeah. So, so I, I, you know, like a right plonker at night. I've got the light, the blue light blockers. I've got my mouth tape. No. I'm going to bed. I've got this red light device, uh, which um, 
powering was developed during uh, NASA's space missions, and that's getting into the mitochondria of the cells and giving them more energy so that you can heal things. Beautiful, beautiful device. Um, different breathing apparatus, which we didn't talk about on, on your show, but I've got this thing called like an AeroFit, where it increases the resistance so you can kind of train the diaphragm. So I really like all that sort of stuff. Um, and I feel like I've only just touched the, the elements of it. You know, you can go to these uh, chambers. Uh, biohacking with cold is, is another wonderful one. Have the cold shower or, or jump into the ice baths. But I, would, I, I think of you as, again, this image of the internet's projecting as this, this efficient guru. I go, oh, he could be an efficient guru. That's a biohacker. And maybe he will bring something new to that, that area because of your analytical ways of looking at things and your background of being yeah. a doctor and all those sort of things. Yeah, it's very much an area I want to mm. I want to explore, but I haven't really got around to it. Yeah. I'd be interested to see where you are in a few years yeah, we'll see. on some of that. Yeah. Um, let's go down the, a bit more of the morbid route now. I'm interested to know people's like, thoughts on death, where, where, where you're on all that. And, uh, you know, we've talked about a life well lived. Yeah. Is it something that you fear? Does it drive you every day to work hard? Is it something that you put off? Like, where, where are you with all that? I don't really think about it very much. Occasionally, I think about it in the sense of you know, if I were to die maybe next month or a year from now, would I be happy with the way that I'm currently living? And these days, my answer to that question is actually, yeah, that, um, which is nice. Maybe I'm bullshitting myself. Maybe I haven't actually interrogated it to the level that I should. But yeah, it's just not something I think about particularly often. Yeah, because I, I, I think uh, I'm sure you've got Ryan Halliday's uh, 365. Oh, yeah. Daily Stoic. Yeah. I'm sure I read that a few times, though. It's good to focus on on death a little bit because it's that thing that's coming. So it's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So it's not something that you're meditating on or thinking about too much. It's just you're living your life and it's kind of in the peripheral. It's in the peripheral, yeah. I just think, you know, and if I can answer the question of have I, you know, is is today a day that I've enjoyed on its own merit rather than as a stepping stone to something greater? Yeah. Then I'm living well, yeah. I think. That's, and jumping back then to you and your, your routines, mm-hmm. it's interesting to know so we know, you know, you're not down the biohacking route yet, but do you have anything you can share with, with people watch or listen to this that have formed good habits for you on a daily basis, be it health or productivity? What would be kind of, say, a couple of actionable things that somebody could take away from this at all? That's the question. Main productivity hack I've ever found is just spending five minutes in the morning thinking about the question of what is the main thing? What is the one thing I want to do today? Uh, so I call this the daily highlight. We've recently released a new line of like stationery uh, where... You know, at the very, very top, it's what is my one most important task? And then everything else is what I think of as the a might-do list. So it's not a to-do list because I don't want to be a slave to it, but it's a might-do list. Yeah. I'm in control. I can do whatever I want. Um, so that's been actually game-changing. Like on days where I actually set to my daily highlight, there's one important thing I want to get done. I get it done and feel like I've accomplished something at the end of the day. Um, in terms of health habits... I don't know. I don't really have any particular routine. I don't really wake up at a consistent time. These are all things I want to do. I would love to be the sort of guy, you know, planning. A, I, I did a journaling prompt yesterday. What is your ideal day? I was like, oh, wake up at 7.30, do a home unit workout, and to go hop into the sauna to get that 28 minutes of heat exposure, however long I need per week, um, cycle over to work. Cycling to work gives me my blue light in blue light on my eyes, blah, 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 circadian rhythms at work. I do four hours of deep work. I have all this, like, theory about what a amazing daily routine looks like mm. but then real life happens that i end up staying up late one night because friends come over and then the next morning i'm like oh and then i don't know i i, I don't really do the routine type thing mm. my whole thing is that like i think i i just focus on making whatever i'm doing as fun as it can be yeah and even if it's not fun by default there are ways that i can make it more fun and so then just like life is good 
and I don't progress in vain. I like that. I like that. Do you, do you find that you get any sort of frustration from not... So, so for example, I'll talk about myself here. I know that I should be journaling in the morning. I shouldn't be stretching. I should be working out. I need to go to the sauna every day. Mm. I need to get the blue light. I should be grounding in the morning. I should be having a cold shower. And then when I don't do some of those things, I feel a bit bad about myself. Because they put all this external pressure on. But do you, do you have much of that? Or are you pretty much like, no, no, I didn't do them today. And that's okay. I think I used to beat myself up about this more. There was a great blog post I came across. I think it's on lesswrong.com, which was basically this idea that those of us who are like want to be high achievers, productivity bros, etc., we like to feel dissatisfied at the end of the day. I don't know, I could have done more, I could have done this, I could have done that. And the point the blog post was making was like, you can just choose to not be dissatisfied. Like being dissatisfied at the end of the day does not actually drive you to be better the following day. It, it really doesn't because you know you've got to do these things anyway. It just makes you feel bad. It doesn't change the out. It doesn't change what happened in the day. It really doesn't change what's going to happen the next day. All it does is make you feel bad. So now I find myself, if I get to the end of the day, or I'm like, oh, didn't make as much progress as I would have liked on X. I think, I'm not complaining about. I can choose to be satisfied. Life is great. Um, I'll, do, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I lie about I really do. I, I think um, the, the, the biggest uh, well, uh, favorite morning routine I heard was from Chris Williams, mm. which is why he preps his food. And I was like, that's not morning routine, but he preps his whole food for the entire day. Oh, that's good. And, and I really like that. I thought that was a simple solution. But yeah, I think uh, going back to what you just said, it's this piece around not feeling too much regret and too much frustration. Which is so easy to feel. I like it. What's the point? What's it? What's it doing? Um, this was always going to be a short podcast, so I just want to thank you for your time. I think yeah. it's useful to introduce you to my audience and our people. Uh, please make sure that you go like and subscribe to Atlas Charm because it is fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks thank for you. Cheers. Do you want to unblock your nose first? Sure. I'll yeah. do that. So it works about 50% of the time. If you're already breathing quite well, then you might not feel it, but we'll, we'll do it now. Maybe we can cut it if it doesn't work. But so what I want you to do is take, in a second, take a normal breath in and a normal breath out. And I'm going to cap the nose. I'm going to just shake the, the head and the body. And the reason I'm doing that, just create a bit more CO2. Mm. Um, and what I want you to do there is do a, a fairly strong breath hold. Okay. Um, and then when you're, this is the important thing, when you've finished, you want to breathe back in through the nose because you've harnessed some nasal nitric oxide there. So we want to make sure we capture that because it's the vasodilator. Okay. So in, out, hold, shake as long as you can. Um, don't do this if you're pregnant, if you've got epilepsy or high blood pressure, mm. it's quite a strong breath hold. Um, and what we'll do, that is just going to start to increase the CO2 in your body, mm. start to open everything up a little bit. So we'll do it, we'll do it. You need to do it about five times on this. So we'll do a little bit and see how, okay, how we get on. So normal breath in. Normal breath in, normal breath out. Out, cap your nose, shake your head, keep shaking, shake your whole body. It's good to feel silly, look silly, have a little dance, keep holding. And as you're doing this, just know you're full of oxygen. And so when that urgency to breathe comes, it doesn't want to be a very stressful breath, but when you feel the right time to breathe, you're going to breathe back in through your nose. And you're going to harness all that beautiful nasal nitric oxide and then back out through the nose. And so it may have started, may not yet. We're gonna just breathe normally now through your nose, just for the next sort of 20, 30 seconds, we're gonna go for a, a second round. And, and just the air hunger, was that, what, how would you have described how you felt during the last few seconds? Yeah, was it quite, quite tough? Yeah. yeah, quite pleasant. okay. So just keep breathing through your nose, settling the breath again. And when you're ready now, we're gonna do a normal breath in through the nose, a normal breath out through the nose, you're gonna cap your nose, I'm gonna shake dance boogie and again you know that 
urgency to breathe is going to come up. And that's a good thing because the CO2 is rising in your body just to the point where you've got a, you know, a medium to strong air hunger. Keep going. Know that you're full of oxygen. And we'll just keep breathing for a second. Now, we're only two into probably five, but is there any notable difference as yet? Is it still feeling about the same or? I think this, the unblocked nostril has become more unblocked. Okay, good. We'll do one more and we'll see how that's going. But about five is about optimal for this. And the wonderful thing to do before bed is you know it's an exercise. It's going to help open things up before you put your mouth tape on. Okay, so when you're ready in your own time, you're going to breathe back in through the nose and out through the nose. You're going to cap your nose and we're going to shake. Keep going, keep shaking, keep going. Getting a real insight to you as a, a dancer at a wedding, I think, here. And right now, the CO2 levels are really starting to, to go a bit higher in the body. You know, nothing dangerous here. We're just, you know, slowly holding our breath, not to the point of passing out, just purely at a point where we can start to open up our nose a little bit. Yeah, we're feeling a little bit, maybe a little bit more open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, definitely on this nostril. Good, yeah. good. And, and, you know, you can do that three, six times. Yeah. It's just a good way to get you started. So um, what I want us to do then first is, um, you can do this with your eyes open or closed. This one's called breath awareness. Okay. So I take my right hand onto my belly. Uh, right hand belly, yep. And left hand onto my heart. Left to left hand heart, yep. And you want to sit up nice and straight. And this is the, maybe the most difficult exercise, Ali, because what I want you to do here is do nothing. I just want you to focus on how you're breathing is. And it might be very hard to do, first of all, because you're gonna to wanna to start to change things. But really the whole point here is just to check in with your breathing. And the reason for your hands where they are, because not only will you get to sense it through your nostrils, you'll also get to sense how your hands are moving. So your belly hand, is that moving much? Is that staying the same? Same with the chest. And so it's just breath awareness could be arguably the most important because we need to know how we're breathing first so we can get under the hood and start to make some changes. And as you sit there and breathe, not really trying to change anything at all, just paying attention to the sound or the feeling of the air that comes in through your nose and out through your nose and how your hands are moving and avoiding that temptation to, to change anything, just breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. It can be quite powerful, this, because you're checking in with yourself here. It's a form of active meditation, because not only are we just trying to clear our thoughts, we're actively focusing on something, but something we don't really want to change, just to, just to pay attention to. So just continue now breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes again. And so the benefit of that exercise is just to get a sense of how you are feeling. Okay. And as you go through the steps of, of practicing different breathing exercises, that becomes a useful tool to kind of check in with yourself. Because you might have found right then, oh, my hand didn't really, really move much on the belly. It was quite static or I could feel my chest was moving quite high. Yeah. Or I felt like I was breathing quite fast on there. And so it's just, it's just a check-in mm. um, and then something you, know, you can journal about and, and come back to. So what I want to do now is do a little bit of box breathing with you. Okay. And the reason for this is before we go into some of the other exercises, let's just slow everything down. Navy SEALs use this uh, exercise because uh, by slowing everything down, 
we might be in a better state to make a, a decision as opposed to being frantically breathing, panic breathing, trying to make a decision that's just slow everything down. So yeah. what I'll do, I'll just guide you through a little bit of box sure. breathing, just a couple of rounds. So I'm going to use the nose for this. So uh, we're going to breathe in through the nose for four, three, two, one, and hold four, three, two, one, and out through the nose, four, three, two, one, and hold four, three, two, one, and in through the nose, four, three, two, one, and hold four, three, two, one, and out through the nose, four, three, two, one, and hold four, three, two, one. Let's just slow it down slightly now. In through the nose, five, four, three, two, one, hold five, four, three, two, one, out through the nose, five, four, three, two, one, and hold five, four, three, two, one, and go back to normal nasal breathing now. When we slowed it down, was there any challenge with that, or was it, I could do five, I could do maybe even six or seven seconds? Oh, yeah, easy. That's great. Yeah, yeah good. Okay. So, what I wanted to move on to now is... Um, Sorry, can I ask? Oh, of course. What's the point of these breathing exercises? Okay, so uh, the breath awareness is to check in okay. with the body. Yeah. The the uh, box breathing is just slowing us down. So okay. it's just getting a bit of control now. So starting to get under the hood and play with it. Okay. And so by breathing at a slower rate, it comes back to increasing your levels okay. of CO2. So if I'm in a, if I feel like I'm in a stressful situation. Yeah, or if you, yeah, if you if you come out something. of a meeting and, and you know your boss has been shouting at you, whatever, and you're just in that, that panic state, mm. you can check in with yourself. You can then do box breathing just to slow everything down. Mm. And then by slowing everything down, you're thinking clearer and yeah. then you can move forward and make a, a decision. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what I'd like us to do now is let's start to feel the airflow, because this is a really cool exercise. So what you do is you get the you get your middle finger, and where the middle finger meets the hand, you can just place that on your on your nose like this. And as you're breathing through your nose, hope you've not had anything smelly on your hands. Um, what you'll find is the airflow should start to hit the hand. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to guide you through slowing this down. So just keep that hand there. By the way, you can also do it like this uh, as a feather breath. I don't think it looks very good from a PR point of view to be doing that. So I like to do it this way. Um, and so uh, what you're doing here is you're feeling the air as it's hitting your hand. And so we're going to start to slow that down now, Ali. So what I want you to do, you can, you can stay in the position you're in. You can keep your eyes open or closed. Just before we start to play with it, get a sense of what that air feels like. Maybe it's stronger on one nostril or the other. Um, maybe the intensity is quite hard. Just try and remember if you can what that is, because we're going to start to slow it down. And what I like to use as an analogy is one of those old car stereos with the, the winding knob that you can use to turn the volume down. And what I want us to do now is let's just start to turn that volume down. And what that means for you is we're going to reduce the airflow, maybe just a couple of percent to start off with. Can we make the airflow quieter, more gently and smoother as we breathe in through the nose? and breathe out through the nose. I can already hear a quieter breath from you now. It was quite loud before, and now it's quite, it's fantastic. So we're just slowing it down. And as you start to do this breathing in through the nose and breathing out through the nose, the levels of CO2 in your body are gonna rise slightly. And you're gonna feel what's known as an air hunger. And that's good, that's what we wanna do here. Now, a bit like when we did the breath holds before to unblock your nose, that would be classed as a strong air hunger. 
we don't want to do that. We want to probably have a medium air hunger here. You know, we're not trying to get to that point where we're desperate, but I would like you to get to the point where you want to start to take a bit of a bigger breath, but you're choosing not to, you're choosing to keep it slow. So we're breathing in through the nose and out through the nose and the airflow is nice and gentle on the hands. Now just give me a nod. Is it gentler than it was at the start of the exercise? Good. Okay. Now, if you can, because it's the first time you've done this, I imagine, let's just take that radio knob and let's just turn it down another couple of percent. Could we go a little bit more? Could we go to a slightly lower uh, inhale and a slightly slower exhale, slightly little bit more of airflow going back and forth? And again, you're getting this wonderful feedback of what's hitting your hands. So you get to feel the air, but you're also getting to feel it in your body, the feeling of air hunger. Breathing in through the nose and breathing out through the nose. And then when you're ready, you can move your hand and you can go back to normal, normal nasal breathing. How, how was that exercise for you? Yeah, I realized that sort of subconsciously... I was like making noise while I was breathing. Yeah. And it probably wasn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, I, I did yoga in Bali for a month and I would make the loudest noise possible because I wanted the yoga instructor and I was really suffering. Mm. And then I only realized after, oh, no, no, slow nasal breathing is the game here. It's, it's the way forward. So yeah. it's just, what we're doing here, we're just playing with some different tools, some free tools that can get us out of our head and get us to feel what's going on with our breathing. Now, an exercise like that, you could do that for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning and the evening. And by creating that air hunger on a consistent daily basis, you're going to be in a position where you're going to start to raise your tolerance to CO2. And so I did that and it took me about six weeks to get my breath hold from about 14 seconds um, to about 30, which is okay. a, a good way. And so with all of these things, like anything in life, consistency is key. That's the thing that we, we absolutely want to be doing. What I want us to focus on now is a bit of the abdomen okay. breathing. So, so you talked about belly breathing, um, you know, how, how best to do it. There's, there is a lot of different ways of doing it. But first of all, I like to think about the, the rib cage because uh, people talk about, can you improve lung capacity? Yep. Um, and if you think about those, those, those sacks, those bags just hanging in the rib cage, well, they're kind of constricted by everything that's going on. You know, if the diaphragm's not moving and the ribs are locked, then actually your lung capacity is going to be reduced. Yeah. And, and actually, if we can open all that up, then it can make some, some differences. So what we need to do here is we want to start opening things up. So this is, okay. is a bit of a breathing exercise, but it's a bit of movement. And by the way, this is very accessible. So I'm very, very, very tight, um, just naturally, I think. Mm. And so this is an exercise that pretty much anyone can do. We can do some crazy yoga with Adrian and, you know, we can do handstands. But in this, it's just about opening things up a little bit. So uh, the first exercise is called picking apples. And what we're going to do is we're going to put our hand up in the air. And as we do, we're going to breathe in and we're going to grab an apple from the top. And so we're breathing in, we're grabbing the apple, we're stretching all of this, all of the intercostal muscles here that sit in between the ribs. Um, and we're just going to open them up a little bit and grab that apple. And the good thing is we can slow the breathing down at the same time. So we're going to go in. And I can emphasize that exercise, but actually it does feel quite nice to go. So we'll go in again. That's good. We can go the other arm. In, pick an apple. Nice big stretch and down. And there's two apples. Let's go with both hands now. And we can really stretch the ribs on both sides. And if it's your first time, don't push it. And back down again. Let's do one more. Both hands in again. 
it just feels good to get your hands yeah. above your head. Feels great. Something we don't do enough. Now let's add some yeah. twists to this. Okay. So what want, this is a good chair for this. Mm. So we face forward too much. These muscles need to move. So what we want to do is we're going to take a breath in through the nose. And as we breathe out, we can grab the back and we're just going to do a twist. And we're just twisting all the intercostals and get a nice twist in there. Almost like wringing a, a tea towel out. So we'll sit in, face forward, breathing in now. Squeezing and twisting and squeezing and twisting and squeezing and twisting. And then when you're ready, you're going to breathe back in through the nose and face forward. We'll do one more that side. So here we go. Nice breath in and out. Twisting and squeezing. Get that tea towel nicely rang out. Get all that dish water out of that tea towel. Let's go. Okay. And face forward and breathe in. And we want to balance things out. So we'll do the other side twice now as well. So in your own time, you're going to breathe in. And we're going to twist. Keep twisting. That's it. Nice twist. Breathing out. Face forward. I'll do one more twist. And breathing out through the nose. What that exercise is doing, and you can do apple picking for a few minutes, you can do twisting for a few minutes. I always like to feel like I'm a bit more loose now mm. when I'm doing that. And so we're just opening up all that kind of cage a little yeah. bit because it doesn't get the love it deserves there. So now we've got a bit more flexibility. And again, that's a good exercise you could do every day, mm. every other day. Um, and what we want to do now is we're going to do some mechanical focusing on our, our belly breathing. So some people say you can breathe into the back, um, you can breathe into the sides. And if you actually put your hands here on the sides, and we're going to let our bellies go a little bit now. If you take a nice slow breath in through the nose, you feel your hands start to move apart. Mm. And the reason this is a good exercise to do is because yes, belly breathing is important, but it's really a 360 breath. Everything is opening into the back. I heard that um, at the start of COVID, they stopped putting patients on the backs because they weren't being able to get a, a full breath. And so we breathe, you know, in a 360 way. But I also think it's useful to focus on the belly. So I like to imagine there's a little balloon in the belly that's inflating. And what we're doing here is when we breathe in through the nose, we're really focusing on everything expanding outwards. And then as we breathe back in again, the diaphragm comes back up into a nice resting position. And just by focusing on the diaphragm, it already starts to move a little bit more. A bit like what Dr. Chatterjee said in his book, you know, one centimeter versus 10 centimeters is huge. Um, and so we don't necessarily want to push out as far as we can, but just a normal, nice breath in. And we want to try and keep the shoulders where they are. We might be used to being shoulder breathers. And if you look at somebody that takes a big breath, the shoulders move in. We want to keep that breath nice and low. And we can also put a hand back on the belly and one back on the chest. And this time now we can focus on the belly moving out as we breathe in. And as we breathe back out, the belly moves in and the diaphragm moves up. Breathing back in. And breathing back out. So those exercises, I would say, are really useful as functional foundations for okay. people. So we, what we've got there, just a quick reminder. So we've got breath awareness to check him. Then we can do some box breathing to slow things down. 
then we can feel our breath. Then we can do some twisting to open everything up. Mm. And then finally we can focus on our diaphragm and we can focus on the belly breathing. By using those combinations, now with the breath awareness of, of the education that we've got, you can start to unpick what's happened over the century, uh, decades, uh, for me in particular, and we can start to go back to the way nature intended us to breathe, which is functionally, which is efficiently, which is the way that we should be breathing, the way we used to breathe as children, but actually we lost it through chronic stress, poor posture, um, you know, being indoors and being cramped all day. We can actually unpick some of that. And I've been through my own breath journey. I had lower back problems. They're much better. I had IBS my whole life. My bloody diaphragm was locked. No surprise, I wasn't getting any massage in there. Um, and so we can start to unpick some of this. Thank you for sticking all the way through to the end. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. There's literally a million things that you could be doing with your time right now. And the fact that you gave it to this conversation, I really want to thank you for that because um, your attention is super, super valuable. And I hope you got a lot of value from this. Um, if you did, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend or a family member or a colleague. Um, and if you haven't done so, just a reminder, grab that free PDF that I've got, my seven favorite breathing exercises. Super simple exercises that you can just click on. It plays them through YouTube and you can just practice different things, um, getting to sleep, reducing stress, firing ourselves up. So that's just a really quick thing. It's a bit of value that I can give you as a bit of a thank you. And it means that you can kind of just get some practice in on some of these different techniques that are out there as well. And finally, I just wanted to mention that I am open to breath coaching. I only take on a couple of clients each month because it's very bespoke. So I'm looking for you if you're the type of person that is high performance, that is very driven and wants to work on themselves and knows that there's something isn't quite right. Maybe there's a little bit too much stress, maybe there's a bit of anxiety. Maybe you can see burnouts a couple of stations away. Whatever it is, athletic performance, then it's worth having a free breath consultation with me. I do a complimentary 45 minute set on, on YouTube. Um, and we can really have a chat and just see if the breath coaching is a good fit for you or not. And what I'll do is I'll take some breath measurements with you, work out exactly where your breathing is right now. We'll run a number of tests, get the tape measure out, measure your, your diaphragm and your rib cage. Um, and then we'll look at your goals. Where are you, where are you trying to get to? What, what are those things? Let's try and crystallize those goals. And then off the back of that, if we think there's a really good fit there, then we can talk about my, my six-week coaching package. And my goal is to shortcut everything for you because you can go listen to all 100 of my podcasts. You can read 50 books on breathing or we can spend six weeks together, an hour a week, and I'll help you get where you need to get to a lot quicker. So if that sounds like something that you might be interested in, um, you can click below to apply. It's very limited number of spots. Um, I'm really look forward to meeting some of you. Um, and if it's not for you right now, then don't forget on this YouTube channel, there's over 300 videos. We've got 100 interviews with the world's top breathing experts and 200, 250 breathing exercises for you just to try or categorize beginner, expert, all those different things. So what you can do next, you can try this breathing exercise here, or you might want to try this podcast here. I think that'll be quite useful for you. Thank you so much for being with Take a Deep Breath, and I'll see you on one of these or the complimentary breath consultation. Cheers.